Tov. Today's stuff is Chavtet, and we have a couple of uh, really um, nice uh, topics to uh, wrap up and to also uh, co- cover. Um, we were in the middle of a whole discussion of the debate of Rav and Shmuel about here, somebody who trips on some water or a broken vessel, is that considered to be a shore or a bore? That's the classic question about something that you own that's in Rishush rather than a hazard that you still, uh, that you, that, you know, that you still own. Rav says it's a type of a generic shore. And Shmuel says it's a bore, um, and um, and therefore for Rav, your chayev if it damages vessels, like if the, if it's water and it and it stained your garments or it was a rock and it ripped your garments. And Shmuel says no, it's a bore, even though you own it and you own normally uh, things you own are like animals that go out and gore or whatever. Fundamentally, it's a hazard, it's a bore, and that means that any damage to vessels you'd be exempt. And we spent um, most of the chavkeh um, bet yesterday uh, trying to bring like. A bright does to prove one way or the other according to Rav and Shmuel whether it's a shore and a bore a related debate that the Gemara is not focusing on now but will come up later is then the guy trips over it and hits himself on the ground so how much are you chayev for the guy that hurts himself on the ground so Rav says you're exempt if you tripped over if, if, if my ox pushed you to the ground interestingly I would think you should be chayev your ox pushed me to the ground but since ultimately the damage occurred not on the horns of the ox but on the impact of the ground, Rav says you're going to be putter, and Shmuel says, no, if you trip on it and hurt yourself on the ground, that's like an extension of the bore, and you are going to be chayev. Okay? So those are two debates of Rav and Shmuel. We now pick up in the Gemara, on the bottom of Kafchad Bet, and the Gemara says like this. Um, um, okay. Um, I'm a Lazar. It is the line shot of the and it is five, eight, ten, fifteen lines from the from fifteen lines from the bottom. Well, not just before the two dots. Fifteen lines from the bottom. Sluchiso. Okay, so it says in the middle of that line. I'm a Lazar. Lo shanu elashinitka be'evin v'nishof be'evin. What is the case that when you trip over the stone, you're chayav? If you trip over the stone and bang on the stone. Now, as we just said, trip over the stone and bang on the ground. That's a debate of Rav and Shmuel. But everybody would agree you trip over the stone and bang on the stone, you're chayev. Okay? But, let's say a case we haven't discussed. Nitko bekarka v'nishof evin. Okay? There are three cases. Right? There's tripping on the stone and banging on the stone, you're chayev. Tripping on the stone and banging on the ground, the stone was the hazard. Like a normal boar is the hazard. But the, the act thing that did the damage was the ground. And then there's a third scenario. You tripped over your own two feet and you banged your head on somebody's stone that they left in the middle of the road. Okay? So the stone didn't act as a hazard, it acted as a thing to create the damage, but it didn't create the damage as like something going out and goring, like an ox, okay, what would be the story there? So let's assume, well, I don't know, let's say I tripped over my own two feet, and I impaled myself on the horns of your ox, okay, so presumably, you'd be exempt, right, but I don't know, if your ox didn't have a right to be in the middle of a Risha Sarabim, if your stone didn't have a right to be there, even if I was the one that sort of began the act of Hezek, or the act of Tripping, right, or stumbling, how much are you chive if you actually impact with my thing that shouldn't be there? So he says, so, um, uh, aval, so let's see that again, nitkab kakavanishof bevin, potter, you'd be exempt. Alright? You, you, the thing, the, whether it's a bore or a shore, it has to basically be the thing that does the act, you know, begins the act of damaging. Um, n- not that you started the process and then banged into me. Now, we are going to see, by the way, I should say, in about 
a minute, we're about to look at an important debate whether Nitzkal is poshea or Nitzkal is onus. It's so, so fascinating, right? The same way like we had a discussion, are you supposed to watch where you're going or not when you step on something in the middle of the street? So when you trip, is it because you're just, you know, you're careless and you're no, or no, you know, you trip there and it happens sometimes, you know, you're being, you're exerting the normal amount of care and nevertheless, you slip and you trip, okay? So if you say that tripping is poshea, you certainly understand why you'd be exempt, right? I'm negligent. I shouldn't have tripped. It's pshiat anizak. It's contributory negligence. All right? But he's not even discussing that. Maybe even if I'm an honest, you're going to be exempt because in the end of the day, the damn, your thing was totally passive and I basically impaled myself on your thing. Okay? So he says, Abal, uh, Kiman, who is that going like? The low Rebbe Not like Rebbe Nossin. Now what Rebbe Nossin says is, Rebbe Nossin says, let's say Michael's ox goes ahead and pushes me into, um, it, you know, into Hillel's boar. Okay? So, who do I collect from? So, Rabbi Nelson says that basically, if I can, well, whoever I can. If I can't collect from Michael, I can collect from Hillel. Okay? So, there's a case where Hillel's boar only functioned as a passive sort of thing that was impacted upon. It didn't ca- push me. It didn't cause me to trip. And nevertheless, it's considered to be a participant in the act of me being damaged. Okay? So, the Gemara says, so let's say it was Michael's ox. Let's say it was my own two feet, and I tripped and I fell into Hillel's boar. So he says, well, according to Rebbe Nossan, if Zach scores it, Hillel is a participant in the damage. Then when I trip on my own two feet and I fall into his boar and I fall on his rock, he's also a participant in the damage. That's also considered a nice hezek. Now, of course, it's a little bit different, right? Because you could say, even bracketing the question of whether I was negligent, when it starts by an act of damage defined by a goring ox, other things could be seen as sort of being a part of participating in that act of damage. When it starts as me tripping over my own two feet, even if there's no negligence, then that's not an act of me being damaged. That's just an act of, you know, something happening to me and the, the, the rock or the boar, which is totally passive, you might say, you know, is not considered to be, a, to be doing an act of headache. Okay, so you could, I think you could easily distinguish between the goring ox where there's an act of damage that was initiated and tripping over my own two feet. But the Gemara compares it. And it says this would not be like Rebbe Nassim. According to Rebbe Nassim, the owner of the boar would have to pay. The owner of the stone would have to pay. Some say, Don't say only tripping on the stone and banging in the stone, you're Putter, Don't think that if you trip on the stone and bang yourself, I just trip on the ground and bang yourself on the stone, you're going to be exempt. Even if you trip over the ground and bang yourself on the stone, you're chayev. Like Rebbe Nossam. And that seems to be the second and concluding position of the Gemara. So that's quite surprising. Number one, it assumes that nitkal is onus, that tripping, I'm not negligent for my own tripping, because if I am negligent, then it's contributory negligence. And number two, it assumes that rather than looking at that whole thing as just an accident, right, and even with Rebbe Nossam, there's no beginning of an act of mazik. It begins with an accident, right? And even though it begins with an accident, nevertheless, we view the stone that shouldn't be there as having done a maizemazik. 
So it's quite interesting. When the Torah is mechai of you for boar, assuming we're going to call the stone a boar, we have two scenarios. It's a hazard without doing the act of damage. You trip on the stone and you damage yourself on the ground. Or it does the act of damage without functioning as a hazard. Right? Those are two halves of what a boar normally is. Okay? And according to Rav, you could ask the same question about a shore. Yes. Okay, so I want to understand also this boar versus the rabbi. It makes no difference if they put it there intentionally or not. Does it? Um, well, in t- you mean negligently or not? Negligently or intentionally. Yes. Walk, uh, it makes no it, well, no. It does make a difference if you were... And you don't have to be intentional, but you have to, well, you, you have to be negligent. We're going to get to that. So let's say I'm walking and something falls out of my backpack. Too, I have no time to even... Right, then you're exempt. And that's about what we're, we're about to get to that case. Okay. Wait, I have one more question. Oh, yes. And lastly, like, about the water. What I found interesting is, oh, like, they differentiate whether you were mocked here the water or not. Right. Wouldn't we assume they automatically get tested? Like, what are you going to do? Gather it and let someone dump Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. Right, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. No, no. There are cases where it's taken for granted your mafia. Why the Gemara, you don't have to do an act of being mafia. That is true. Why the Gemara does not assume that to be the case by the water, I don't know. Okay. Now, Rebbe, we're going to get to exactly those types of cases right now. So now the Mishnah says, so we have the, 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 the Tanakama, the Mishnah, that we're going to find out in a minute is Rebbe Mayer. That says your your pitcher broke in the Rishus Rabbim and somebody tripped on the water or tripped on the shards, that you're going to be Chayev. And Rev Yehuda says you're only Chayev if you intentionally were intentional. So the question is, what does intentional mean? And the real question that the Gemara is going to ask is pretty much exactly what Michael was asking, which is, one minute, why when my pitcher broke and my Chayev, what, maybe, that, maybe, it was all neg- maybe it was all an Anus, it was an accident, maybe I didn't have time to remove the shards, and if my, I make a bore out of, by Anus, I'm not responsible for it, right? I presumably at least need a certain degree of negligence to be digging that bore, to be creating that hazard. So that's exactly what we are going to look at. Let's take a look. Okay? So the says like this, Only if you intended are you chayv if uh, somebody trips over your water or your shards. What's meant by miskavin? I'm a rapper. Lamata Miksefo. What you're intent you're not intending to break it. I mean, man, then you're really like a Russia. You're breaking and creating an intentional hazard in Russia. No. You're just intending to take it off of your shoulder and then it slips out of your hand and it breaks. Okay? So that's the thing. But the point is that at least was a more of a fault than if you were not even trying to take it off of your shoulder. You're just walking with it on your shoulder and it fell off. That's like an honest. But when you're taking it off, obviously, you know, at that moment of transfer, you have to be paying it, right? That's when accidents happen, at that moment of change in a transfer. So then there's a certain degree of negligence. Okay, so what that is saying is, for Reb Yehuda, he's saying you need to have some negligence in creating the bore. If it's a total honest, you're putter. But that would sound like, according to the Panakama, even a total honest, you're chayev. So that's what the Gemara asks. So the Gemara says, "I'm Abaye, one minute." You would say Rebbe Meir would say your chayv, even if like the the, uh, the 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 picture sort of like melted in your hands, like just sort of collapsed, fell apart, like you were an others, right? So I'm late. Yes, It's a great image. There you are. You're holding on to the ear of the uh, you know of the picture, and then the whole picture collapses, and you're left holding the ear. Yes, your chayv, even if you were an honest, it's your bore. 
Okay? Am I, says the Gemara, honest who? Why? <laughs> You're totally blameless. It's an accident. You have no negligence at all. The onus rochman apatre. And the Torah exempted somebody with onus. Dichsiv. This is a woman who is raped. And it says, don't do anything to the woman who is raped. She's not to blame. It was the raper. Of course, you know, we, you know, for us, this is like obvious. But, uh, you know, in the ancient world, and even today, you know, you hear in like Middle East or whatever, you know, it's not. Like the woman who is raped, she's the one that's blamed. Like she brings shame on the family. The Torah is very radical. The Torah says, no, she was blameless, you know. So that's telling you that if somebody is blameless, they can't be held responsible. So he came on the list, you say, that's when it comes to a capital crime. Like maybe it went, and maybe it will come to an issue of a crime. If you're blameless, you can't be prosecuted. Maybe you're by Nizikin. Now, let's just pause for a moment and say, that, is that crazy? Why should I be high if I'm blameless? But maybe not. Maybe there's an idea of strict liability. Right? At the end of the day, my thing, my water caused you to trip and be hurt. Why should you be the one to lose out? It was my water that did it. Let me be the one to lose out. Right? Well, I said that the wrong way. But anyway, the guy who's hurt says, why should I be the one to lose out? It's your water that did it. You should be the one to pay for it. Right? Sometimes, you know, there's a benefit to society of having rules of strict liability. And by the way, we have this by Adam HaMazik. Right? Adam Muad Olam. Putting aside Tosos, who says it doesn't mean it. Okay? Adam Muad Olam means whenever I do it, I pay for it, even if I'm blameless. So maybe the same is true by a boar. Maybe even though I'm blameless, maybe that's, uh, yeah, Rabbi Mayer says, you're boar, you're chayev. Okay? You don't need any negligence. You are the one who made the boar. Okay? So if you were to say that, Vatanya, but you can't say that, because we teach in a brace up. Um, if your uh, pitcher broke and you didn't remove it or your camel fell down and you didn't make it get it to stand up so that's like the case in the Mishnah your pitcher broke we had a nice example of your camel now maybe that's a case of anus how, do you, how does that prove to you whether we're talking about a case of anus or not Let's look at the next because we have two other cases that bracket it. Umodim chachamim Rebbe Meir. The chachamim agreed to Rebbe Meir. The avnus akinu masaov. You're again that uh, stone, uh, you know, knife and and, and bundle. Sheinicham berosh kago. You put it at the top of your roof. Zinalf liberoch mitzuyah. They fell in an expected wind, a common wind. Viziku and they damaged. Shu chayav that you are chayav. So in the case in which just robbed. So they on the one hand. Everybody agrees that you're chayav when there's negligence, right? Ruach Mitzuyah is the classic definition of negligence. So everybody agrees you're chayav when you're negligent. How about Rabbi Meir? What, what, what would he say? Umode Rabbi Meir Lurabanan, and Rabbi Meir would agree to the Rabbanan that you're exempt. The Malakankanima Hagag, let's say you put your, you know, your, 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 your pictures on the, on the rooftop, um, or whatever those are, are. I'm not pictures, what are those called? Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, bottles. You put your bottles on the rooftop. Amanat um, Lunagvan to dry them out. The they fell in an unexpected wind, and they did damage to Patur, that you're exempt. So look at this. This Brita basically is a great Brita. It situates the debate between the two poles. Everybody agrees if it's Ruach Mitsuya, meaning you're negligent, you're Chayav. 
Everybody agrees if it's Rosh Hashanah Mitzuya, you're on us. You're potter. They're debating when your thing set, you know, broke, when your picture broke, which presumably means we see the case of your picture breaking as a middle case, as quasi-negligence, or questionable which line do you put it over. Do you put it on the negligent side of the line or on the honest side of the line? So that's the case they're debating. So you cannot say that Rabbi Meir says you're high for a board that's made by honest. Okay? Here it's clear that you're only Chaya for Rabbi Meir in a middle case. The debate is a middle case. So this is going to help us understand what the debate is. So let's take a look. So when you say Yishra Karav, I mean, it means like after a reasonable amount of time. But like well, we're, time yes, I'm going to get back to that. Okay, we're, well, I promise you, I'm going to get to that. Okay? By the way, I should also point out, and I don't want to complicate this, but I would just point out as a footnote, that a person could have made the difference that in the case of not picking up your picture, not picking up your camera, we're dealing with the case of bore. Right? I didn't pick it up and somebody tripped on it. Whereas the case of the something that's falling from the rooftop and does damage, right, that might have been a different type of thing. That might have been an ace or something like that. But let's bracket that. The Gemara is not going there. Okay? So the Gemara understands that we situated the debate of Rebbe Mandachachamim about the picture and the camel between the two poles. All right? So let's take a look. So what's the debate going to be about? Ella Amar Bai, so Bai says, Petarti Pligi. They debate two cases. When the thing is falling, you're falling like, you know, your picture fell out of your hand, okay? And then it damaged something in, the con- in, 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 in its fall. After it fell and somebody slipped on it, okay? Now, what's the question about when it, at the moment that it fell? I tripped, the picture fell out of my hand, and it hit Michael. What's the question? So that's the question of benitko poshea, whether tripping is considered to be negligent or not. Okay, Marsavar Nitko Poshea, Marsavar Nitko Poshea. One says it is negligent, and the other says it's not negligent. So basically, what the Gemara says is, right, here you have the case of Ruach Mitsuya, which is Pshia, which is the definition of Pshia. Oh, do I have it on top? Yeah, oh, yeah. look at that. Okay, except there I use this Geneva Veda. Excellent. I'll take off the Geneva Veda part. Okay, excellent. Okay, so you have Ruach Mitsuya, which is full Pshia. You have Eina Mitsuya, okay, which is considered to be Anas. So those are two extremes. So here everybody agrees, when it fell by Ruch Mitsuya, everybody agrees you're Pater. Here, when it, it fell off the rooftop by Ruch Mitsuya, Everybody agrees you're Chayev. Okay? And the debate is, right, what happens in the case of Nitkal? Nitkal, a case of when you trip, is somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. You tripped over your own two feet, and your picture fell down. Okay? Well, now, the Gemara seems to include, one minute, the Gemara seems to include in the Nitkal, if we're still dealing with Nitkavin Lahoriga, the Gemara seems to include in the Nitkal, not just tripping over my own two feet, but, you know, transferring a picture and it slipping out of my hand. Those types of things where you say, like, you you know, we all know those types of things at home, right? You're passing something and it falls and it spills or whatever. Like, was it an accident or were you not being careful, right? It's a little bit of both, okay? So those types of things of nitkal, either slipping on your own two feet, the thing slipping out of your hand or whatever, is between those two extremes. So the question is, where do you draw the line? So Rebbe Mayer draws the line here, here, right? Rebbe Mayer says it's on this side of... That's what Rebbe Mayer says. Right, Rabbi Meir says it's on this side of Pshia, and you're Chayev, right? And, you know, and Rabbi Yehuda, 
draws the line here and he says Nitkal's on that side right and you're going to be putter okay so you know you could always the question are they debating how, 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 how negligent the person is or where to draw the line alright but either way the point is is that the debate is in the case of slipping that's one debate everybody agrees if you're an honest you're putter if you're a peer you're chayev the question is the picture slipped out of your hand you tripped over your own two feet are you poshea or are you honest which side of the line does it fall on Okay, that's the debate. Marsavar nitkal poshehu, Marsavar nitkal la poshehu. Notice it doesn't say anus, it says la posheya, right? Because there's obviously, you know, you're not enough negligent. There's a certain, there is a certain degree of, of carelessness, but not enough to make you a posheya. Okay, you're not posheya. So that's the debate. Okay, Uplegi, that's debate number one. Now, why, we should have just ended there. That would have explained everything very nicely. But Abai complicates it by saying there's another level level of the debate as well. Okay? Now they also debate after it fell, and now you have your broken shards and you haven't picked them up. Okay? We assume that after it fell, you're just sort of like, eh, that's it, I'm not going to bother with it. I'm going to you know, pick up my broken shards and my spilled water. Like this is what Michael was saying. You just, it's presumed that you're just mafkirit. Alright? You're mafkirit after it broke. But you're mafkirit after it broke, and then somebody slips on it. Are you chayev now? Marsover, I'm sorry. Um, Marsover, Mafia Nizakov, I will discuss it. Ma- yes, it might be. Marsover, Mafia Nizakov, Chayev, your Chayev, and Marsover, Potter. One says your Potter. Now, I would need to pause to explain to you two ways of understanding Mafia um, Nizakov, which is going to be ex- made explicit in the Gemara in a minute. Okay? There is one scenario, which is that basically, um, let's say this thing fell out of my hands out of negligence. Okay? We agree that it was negligent. It fell out of my hands. And now, I am going to say, like, oh, but you know what? At this point on, I am basically, um, um, uh, uh, well, hold on. Let me see how I would say this. Um, Okay, let, let, I'm sorry, let's start the other way. Let's start about what would be the story if I was not mafkirit. If I was not mafkirit, so, and it fell out of my hand, certainly if it was poshea and it remains mine, I'm chive if somebody trips on it. Let's say it fell out of my hands by onus and it's there and I wasn't poshea. Fine, no fault. And if somebody got tripped on it right away in the next two seconds, I also would be blameless. But if I kept ownership of the object, let's say, I don't know, my knife, not my thing that's now little shards or whatever. My knife fell out of my hands. It was a total, complete accident. For the first moment that it fell, in the first few seconds afterwards, I'm exempt. But afterwards, if I just leave my knife there and do nothing, I'm negligent. And I'm chayev. It's my knife. I should go ahead and pick it up and remove it. And if I have a chance to remove it, and I don't remove it, then I'm chayev, right? So we can all understand that. Even if it fell, the onus, if I retain ownership, and it's still mine, and I have an op- and I have the uh, and I have the opportunity to remove it, and I didn't. Then my leaving it there is negligent. Okay, so that's a case of everybody with me here. Okay, so here says that's a case of nefila onus. Okay, it fell the onus. So from the moment it falls till you have a chance to pick it up, here you've got a here you have a chance to pick it up. You have a chance to pick it up. Okay? So until you have a chance to pick it up, you're going to be putter. Now you have a chance to pick it up. Okay? So now it goes like this. If you still own it, 
you're chayev. So it depends on what? Right? What? Or Adam or Kalim, right? It doesn't matter. You have to, you, you had a chance to pick it up, you own it, you're supposed to remove it. You're chayev. Okay? But let's say it fell out of your hands, Baonis, okay? And then you said, forget it, I'm mafia, I don't need it, I'm leaving it, okay? My stupid rock. I don't know what I was doing carrying the rock anyway, okay? I don't want it. Okay? So then, you didn't make the boar, Bepshia, the boar was made Baonis, and now, if you were Mavgirit, before you had a chance to pick it up, you had no op- you had no responsibility to remove it. Okay? So therefore, if you, if you were Mavgir, in that case, then you're going to be Pater. Okay? So you're Pater here because you're to, not to blame. Here, Chai, because you own it and you could remove it. But if you were Mavgirit after it fell, and it didn't fall to your, to, at your blame, you're going to be exempt. Okay? So that's the case that everybody agrees to. Mavgir... What minute? No, because why is it you were responsible? You could say the fact that your it was your thing to begin with means you're responsible to remove it, even if you weren't to blame that it fell there. You're right. You could have said that, but we don't. We say if you weren't responsible at the moment that it fell, and then when it became an opportunity to remove it, it was no longer yours. So then you had no moment of being responsible for it. Okay. So that's Malkin Zakov. La'achar nefilat onus. Everybody agrees that in that case you're going to be potter. Okay. Would you wait? Okay. We are going to get to it. Trust me. That's that case. Now let's say it was nefilat pia. Okay. So it fell b'pia. Okay. So you're posheya. So here you are. You're chayev. Because the boar was made with Shia. Okay, now you have a chance to remove it. I mean, it really shouldn't matter. You're a Poshea all along. So you should say, whether you're Mafkir or you're not Mafkir, you should say you're Chayev. You made the boar. Right? You made the boar, Bipshia. Who cares if now you own it or not? When I dig a well in Rishasarabim, I don't own it. I made it. Okay? So if you made it, whether you, whether now you continue to own it or don't continue to own it, you should be Chayev. So logically, we should say, Mavkin Nechat Nezak of Lachar Nefilas Pshia, Nefilas Pshia, you should be, you should be Chayev. That's what should be logical. Okay? So. We said that the debate of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda was whether when you fell, you're considered to be posheer or onus. Yes? Everybody with me? So you could have said that if they're also debating a case of maskir, your maskir after it fell, that's really just an extension of the initial debate. If you were an onus when, when it originally got made, and then you were maskirit, then you continue to be potter. If you were a poshea when it originally fell, and you were maskirit, then you, it doesn't matter, you continue to be chayev. That will be an approach of Rabbi Yochanan in a minute, that it's really not two debates, it's really all one debate, whether you were an onus or a poshea, okay? But what what um, what Rav is saying, or Abaye is saying, is Abaye is complicating the matters as if this wasn't complicated enough. Abaye is complicating the matters, and Abaye is saying, even if you were negligent when it fell, if you're masquerade, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're potter. Why? That's crazy. I made it. If I dug a well and I masquerade, would I be potter? 
And the answer is, or I didn't own it to begin with. I dug a well in Rishas Rabin. And the answer is, according to this, yes. There's an opinion that says that the only time the Torah said you're obligated for digging a well is if you dig it in your domain, right at the edge of Rishas Rabin, so it's a hazard. But if you, this is totally ironic, if you dig a well in the middle of a Rishas Rabin, where it's, you don't own it, you're putter. That understands that the obligation of a boar is a type of a mamon hamazik. It's not just that you created a hazard, it's actually a type of a mamon hamazik. So this is an opinion that's saying, that Abai is saying, number one, they debate when it's sell, if you're poshea or you're onus. Okay, and what happens if somebody got damaged exactly at that moment? In the few seconds while it was falling, or the few seconds after it fell? Then we have to decide, are you a poshea or an onus? Rabbi Mayer says you're a poshea, and, uh, and, and, and Rabbi Huda says you're not poshea. But then, we have to say, even if you were negligent, Rabbi Yehuda would exempt you if you were masquerit, because Rabbi Yehuda says you're not chayev on a board that you don't own. Okay, which is like totally a completely unrelated debate and seems very arbitrary. So let's read that, okay? Mar savar nitka poshea. We're going to read it again. Umar savar nitka la poshea. So if somebody got damaged immediately as it was falling or in the few seconds after it fell, then that's the debate of whether you're negligent or not negligent. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir says you are negligent. Rabbi Yehuda says you are not. Okay, please, uh, and pligi They also debate after it fell. And here, the, what's missing, but what the Gemara will clarify in a minute means, even if it fell with negligence, they debate after it fell. But Malkin is Marsever Mafkin Nizakov Chai Rabbi Meir says I don't care that you're Mafkin Nizakov if it fell with negligence you're going to be Chayav Marsever and Rabbi Yudha says Potter no even if it fell with negligence if you don't own it anymore, you're putter on a board that you don't own. Okay? So the mother says, Umimai, how do you know this? Because the Mishnah says two cases. You slipped on the water, or you got yourself hurt on the shard. Why does it have to give both scenarios? I mean, give me a break, whatever. It's just a little bit, uh, but okay. A little, you know, good, illustrating, but okay. A little color. To give you two cases. You slipped while it was falling. Now, it's a little funny. How do you slip while the water is falling? Which basically means that you have to understand that while it's falling means in, as it's falling and in the few moments after when you don't yet have a chance to remove it. So then, your fault is all defined by that initial falling, not that, oh, you should have removed it. Okay? So one scenario is somebody got damaged in the first few seconds afterwards, and therefore it's a debate of whether you were negligent when it got when it broke or were you not negligent. Is it your bore or not your bore? Right? If so that's scenario number one. Um, because, um, the, um, oh, women, uh, 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 after you had a chance to remove it. Now, why are you debating after you had a chance to remove it? So you could say it's an extension of the same debate. Okay? But no. But what he is saying is, even if, like it's a different scenario, which is such a hard read of the Mishnah. Even if it was a case where we can concede that it fell with negligence, Rabbi Yehuda would still say you're exempt because it's no longer a bore that you own. Yes? Is anybody, I mean, water you can't clean up? There's no, right. There's no distinguishing between something that's possible to... Um, oh... Not? 
that's an interesting point. Like, if it would really not be possible, like, I don't know why it's not possible. You know, you could get, get a towel, get a mop, or whatever. But if it's really not possible, then you're right. Then if you were, neg- if you were un- not negligent when it fell, then there's no negligence now because there's nothing. You can't put a triangle. You can't stand there and warn people. If it's really true that there's no ne- negligence now, then that would be, then you'd be continue to be exempt. Okay, so the mother says like this. Since our mission is talking about two cases, Bryce and Nami Patarti. The Bryce, which remember talked about the pitcher and the camel, okay, is also talking about both scenarios. Now, why we don't say the pitcher is one and the camel is another is interesting. We're going to say both the pitcher and the camel of the Bryce are talking about both scenarios. When it's falling and after it fell. Okay, Bryce and Nami Patarti. Um, so by the case of the picture, I can get both scenarios. Either it fell, you know, it fell out of your hands, you tripped, it fell when you were taking it off your shoulder. So that's one debate. Were you negligent or not? Rabbi Meir says you were negligent, and that, that that's considered negligence, and the Rebuta says it isn't. Um, or it's after it fell, and then you were masquered, and you didn't clean it up. Okay? Whereas, uh, even if you were negligent, Rabbi Huda says you're exempt because you have to own the boar. So that I get. El Gamala, but your camel, I get the scenario of the camel after fell. Which is funny. Your camel fell, and it's like, because why are you being masquered your camel? Because it fell, and, you're, and it died. And you're masquered the carcass. Even that, why are you masquered the carcass? Presumably it's worth some good money. Mm-hmm. Turn it into dog meat or something, you know, use the leather. Anyway, it's a very funny scenario. Anyway, that I can get. Okay? So, even though you were negligent, Rabbi Yehuda says you're exempt because you don't own the boar. How about while it's falling? Now, why is that? What, what's the big problem? Uh, the problem is not that they can't understand that a camel can fall on someone and hurt them, but the whole debate was when you trip and when you slip, are you negligent? Right? When I'm taking it off my shoulder and it slips out of my hand, am I negligent? When my camel slips, it's assumed that that's a different discussion. Like, you know, my camel normally watches where it's going. Animals are very good about that. I'm not, what am I supposed to do? Watch that the camel isn't stepping in a puddle? So if a camel actually slips, presumably that's an honest. So how do you have a case of debating whether it's negligent when the animal slips? It's a good question, okay? I told you that story, right? About the case about, like, when I was uh, horseback riding with this woman, and she was like, we saw these people on these, on these sand buggies, and I said, oh, that looks like a lot of fun. She said, I would never do that. I said, why? She says, a sand buggy can go over a cliff. A horse will never go over a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so when, so when a horse, when a camel slips, presumably that's an honor. How can you be debating that case? So the Gemara says, okay, um, you were going through water basically where the way Rashi explains this is like water flooded the street and you were crossing across the water that was flooding the street so you were negligent taking your camel across that water so the Gemara says okay but remember it's a debate whether you're negligent or not what's the case if you could go around detour then everybody should agree you're negligent by going through the water. He's a lekadar kachrina. If you're stuck in the middle of Rosh Hashanah and there's no choice but to go through the water, honestly, so you had no choice. So, okay, still, what's the scenario where they could be debating whether you're negligent when your camel falls down? 
Ela mishkachas la da'atkil. You tripped over your own two feet. The atkil gamla, and then your camel tripped on you. Now it's not you tripped and you knocked over your camel. That would be a pretty good trick. Yeah. But it's actually you tripped and fell on the ground, and then your camel tripped on top of you. So that was because of your initial negligence. So it's the same debate of your negligence. I mean, okay. The least of your problems is going to be <laughs> exactly. You probably have a broken back. Anyway, yeah. okay. So because the Gemara needed to read both cases both ways, we had a disruption. The bottom line is what Abayi is saying is: Look, the basic debate of the Mishnah, I think we could agree, is when something falls out of your hand, are you negligent or not? And that would determine the period. Even of immediately following, you know, the falling out of your hand before you have a chance to pick it up. Now, if you are not negligent, nevertheless, if you still own it and have a chance to pick it up afterwards, you're going to be high of after that moment. Okay, but one debate is, are you negligent when it falls? Abai introduces a completely, really conceptually, completely unrelated debate that even if you are, are negligent, Rabbi Yehuda would say you're exempt if you no longer own it. Why is that? You only are high for a board that you own. And now the Gemara is just going to read that into the mission. Let's take a look. Um... Like this. Um, okay. We get how you read the Mishnah when Rabbi Yudah says only if you're mitkavein means only if you're trying to move it off your shoulder and then it slips out of your hand then you're negligent. Okay? And, and, um, but if you're... Oh, or excuse me. Um, actually, no. Now what we're saying is that according to Rabbi Yudah, only if you're intending to break it. Right? Or But if you're, it's a normal slipping you're actually not negligent. That would actually be the case of the first part of the Mishnah that Rabbi Mayer says a normal slipping is negligent and Rabbi Yudah says no only like an intentional breaking you know only then would you be chayev that explains the first case but how about the where do you read this mitkavein issue into the question of whether you're when you're mafkir it after it fell so the Gemara says what mitkavein ika so Amar Rav Yosef mitkavein liskot b'charaseha v'chein Amar Rav Ashi mitkavein liskot b'charaseha what this mitkavein means is something else it broke with negligence and Rabbi Yudah is saying, if you want to intentionally want to maintain ownership over it and it remains yours, then you're going to be chayav. But if you no longer want to maintain ownership, and it sounds like the default is that you won't, you have to intentionally want to maintain ownership. If you no longer want to maintain ownership, then you don't own it. Okay? So we now have two different debates going on in the Mishnah. One is, when it falls, the Tanakhama says you're negligent, and Rabbi Yudah says you're only negligent if you're intending to break it, or there's real negligence. And then the other debate is, even when it fell with negligence, Rabbi Yudah says you're only going to be chayev if you continue to own it. If you don't continue to own it, you're going to be pater, you're only chayev for a boar that you own. Okay. That's a little complicated because the second debate really has nothing to do with the first one. The, the next approach will be an easier one. Let's take a look. Yeah. Um, so the classic for is you dig a hole in the Shukar Rabbit. Right. Nobody would own that. Right. So Rebbe, according to this, Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda would say, you're not high for, for that boar in Rashid Harabim. You're only high for a boar you dig right at the edge of Rashid Harabim that you own. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's completely bizarre, but he yeah, says okay. the basic chia for, for a boar is mamon hamazik, not a hazard. Okay? Alright, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. 
Um, Rabbi Eliezer Omen. Now, that's Rabbi, Rabbi, that's Rabbi. He says they debate when it fell and after it fell. Two different debates. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, B'Shas Nefila Machlokas. They debate when it fell. So, that, that, okay, when it fell. That's a nice explanation. Only, you know, the immediate question of are you Poshay or not? That's, let's make it nice and simple. One issue. At the time it fell and immediately afterwards, are you Poshay or not? So the Gemara says, but what, so what, what is Rebbe Lezer saying after it fell? Everybody would say that you're exempt. If you, Rebbe Meir says you're chayev, where does Rebbe Meir say you're chayev? Because if you go back to the Brighta, the Brighta says, Nafal kado below ha'amida. Nafal gemalo below ha'amida. So the Brighta is talking about a case where you had a chance to pick it up and you didn't pick it up. Right? The Brighta isn't saying, at the moment it fell, are you chayev? The Brighta is saying, there's a debate about when you had the opportunity to pick it up. So that's considered after it fell. So that has to be part of the debate. Okay? So you can't say that everybody would say you're Pater because Rabbi Meir says if you didn't stand up your camel you're going to be Chayev. Um, so you want to say the opposite? After it fell everybody says you're Chayev because you should have picked it up. But in the same case with the camel that you didn't pick up the rabbis say you're Pater. So meaning this point tells you why Abai said there are two debates. Because the Breita emphasizes that the problem was after it fell you didn't pick it up. So you can't say they only debate at the time it fell because the Brighton makes it clear that part of the debate is after it fell. Okay, Elamai b'shas nefila, af b'shas nefila. The Kamash Lankit Abayi, fine. Rebeleza doesn't mean anything different than Abayi. He means not only do they debate after it fell, which is clear in the Brighton, because the Brighton says you didn't pick it up, which means that's the problem. They're also debating when it fell, and that's the Mishnah, and that's like Abayi. They're debating both when it fell and after it fell, and presumably two separate debates. One, whether you're negligent, and the other, whether you need to continue to own the boar. Okay, so that is Rabelezer like Abaye. But now we're going to get what's probably the most simplest explanation, I think. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, who basically makes it about one debate, Rabbi Yochanan says, they, oh, they debate after itself. That's the bright thing. You didn't pick up your camel. You didn't pick up your picture. They're debating what's the story after itself. So the one says, one minute. What would you say when it fell? Everybody would agree at the moment of falling, it's Pater, that you're an honest at the moment of falling. Now, there's not a problem in terms of explaining the Bright and the Mishnah. The Bright and Mishnah could easily be explained that the debate is, everybody agrees when it fell out of your hand, you're an honest. That, that, let's stop a minute and appreciate. That would be a nice, good explanation of the Bright and the Mishnah. Remember before the Gemara said that according to Rabbi Mayor, even if it dissolved in your hand, you'd be chayev, and the Gemara couldn't understand how you chayev if it's an anus. Maybe the whole debate is not at the moment it fell. The moment it fell, everybody agrees you're an anus. Everybody agrees you're potter. The question is, what's your responsibility afterwards? Rabbi Mayor says afterwards, you've got to pick it up. Maybe even after you were mafgirit. It's your thing. You've got to pick it up. Once you've had a chance to pick it up, you're chayev. And Rabbi Yehuda says, no, if at the moment it fell, you're potter, you remain potter, especially if you were mafgirit. That would have been a nice debate. Maybe the whole debate is after it fell. When it fell, you were putter. 
after Tzel, we're debating what degree of responsibility you have. So that would be a great read of the Mishnah and the Brayta. The only problem is Rabbi Yochanan himself says something that excludes that as the position of Rabbi Yochanan. Okay? Rabbi Yochanan himself said, Rabbi Meir dealing with a different Mishnah, not our Mishnah, a later Mishnah, says, don't think that later Mishnah is Rabbi Meir who says Nitko is Poshea. That shows that Rabbi, that Rabbi Yochanan understands that part of the debate of Rebbe Meir and the Chachamim is whether you're negligent or not when you trip. Michal the Rebbe Meir Mechayev. You see that Rebbe Meir says that at the moment it's fell, you're Chayev because you are negligent. So you'll say the opposite. Maybe everybody agrees that when it's fell, you are negligent. Again, they're not debating when it's fell, not because you're always putter. They're not debating when it's fell because you're always negligent. You can't say that. Same point. Same point. Since Rebbe Meir says later, oh, that mission over there isn't Rebbe Meir who says Nitkal is Poshea, shows that he thinks that that question of tripping, are you Poshea or not, is a debate between Rebbe Meir and the Chachamim. Because the Pasi Rabbanan, clearly the rabbis say that at the time it fell, you're exempt. So clearly Rebbe Meir, from his own statement later, makes it clear that he understands that the debate of Rebbe Meir and the Chachamim is also a debate of whether you're negligent or not. So, okay, let's, Rebbe Yochanan says, sorry, Rebbe Yochanan, right. So let's just stop a minute and appreciate, okay? At the time it's falling, that could be a debate of whether you're negligent or not when it fell. Is nitka poshea? Okay, that's one way of framing the debate. It's clear from what Rebbe Meir says later on that that's how he understands the debate of Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Huda, or at least one way he understands it. Because he says, you know, Rebbe Meir holds nitka poshea, Rebbe Huda holds it's not, etc. Okay? That's one way of understanding the debate. Another way of understanding the debate is... Let's t- totally focus after it fell. Let's assume it fell but honest, okay, and then there's a reasonable question. If it fell but honest and now you've had a chance to pick it up, what's your degree of responsibility? That, by the way, could be the brighter. It actually could work very well. The Mishnah could be talking about when it fell, are you poche or not, right? But the, anyway, but let's say, so one way to frame it is, is that when you're honest, even if you're honest, do you, are you responsible if, you know, if you don't pick it up afterwards? But, so, so that's two ways of explaining, okay? But, if Rabbi Yochanan wound up saying both ways. So since he said that according to Rabbi Meir, you're like, you know, according to... So how is he going to sort of synchronize the two? According to Rabbi Meir, you're Chayev because you're Poshe. According to the Chamin, you're Pater because you're on us at the time that it fell. So then what's the next part of the debate if you didn't pick it up? Right? So, so what? Well, that's going to be... So the next part of the debate really isn't going to be a second debate. It's really going to be an extension of the first. So let's just read that, okay? Hold on, get the question in a minute, but let's just read that. Ella says, Gemara, HaKamash Mulan, when Rabbi Yochanan is saying the debate is after it fell, what he's telling you is, of The reason, the, it's a case of Mafkir Nizakov, and that's why the rabbis say you're Pater, because you're an Anas, because you didn't want to fall to begin with. And since you weren't at fault to begin with, and now you don't own it, that's why you have no responsibility. That's why if you didn't pick up your camel, you have no responsibility. You didn't pick up your picture. You have no responsibility because you didn't, you weren't Poshea to begin with and now you don't own it. Avomavkin is of the Alma. But if after it fell with negligence, you were Mavkirit, Mechayev, you would be Chayev because that's like digging a bore in Rishas Arabim. If you created it with negligence, you're Chayev. So that's the easiest way to explain. That's what Rabbi Yochanan says. Okay? Basically, 
I don't know if this is going to get too complicated. But anyway, so here was, here's Shat Nefila, okay? And Rebbe Meir says, Chayev. And Rebbe Yehuda says, Pater. Okay? And that's the case of, that, that's really sort of, if you want, that's like the case of the Mishnah. Okay? Because that's the case that just says, you know, whatever. The Mishnah doesn't emphasize you didn't pick it up. The Mishnah just says somebody was damaged. So that sounds like Shas Nefila. Okay? So we say, what is this a debate? This is a debate of whether Nitkal Posheya, okay, are you considered to be negligent when it fell? Okay? That's Shas Nefila. And then the Breitra says, Right? The low ha'amida. Which means that the problem was, was it was achar nefila. The problem was that you didn't pick it up. Okay? And how much do you have a responsibility for picking it up as well? Okay? And there Rebbe Meir says also chayv and Rebbe Yehuda says pater. So what's that second debate? Okay? So Rebbe Yoch, so Abaye says this second debate is in a case of Pshia, and it's a question that even when you were negligent, maybe if you don't own it now, you're putter. We're a completely different point, that even if you were negligent in making a boar, if you don't own the boar, it's a boar b'shusarabin, not a boar b'shuso, you are mastered, and you don't own it, you're going to be putter. Completely unrelated debate, which is hard to read in. Okay, what Rabbi Yochanan is saying is, no, this is really not a second debate, it's an extension of the first one. This is a case of mafkir nezakov, Okay, which Abai said all, which 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 Abai said also. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's an extension of the debate. If since you were mafkirit, if it started with pshia, you remain chayev. If it started with anus, and now you don't own it, even if you've had a chance to pick it up, you remain potter. It's an extension of this. But that's only because they're only debating this because it started with a case of of, of nitko. But if it started with a case of Pshia, okay, if you were actu- actually had a case of Pshia, and then you were Maskir, okay, everybody would say you're going to be Chayev, okay? It doesn't matter that you don't own it. You don't need to own it. You need to be at fault, okay? So the reason Maskir is significant here is because it removes your, your being at fault for Reb Yehuda. You're on a here, and you didn't own it, so you don't have a responsibility to pick it up, you remain faultless, right? But if you started with fault, everybody would agree Mafia won't get you out of it, okay? So this debate is really just an extension of this. And what it's just saying is, for Reb Yehuda, you will remain putter as long, even if you didn't pick it up, as long as you don't own it. But if you do own it, right, there are two ways you're going to be higher for Reb Yehuda. Either you own it, Okay, here you don't, you, you're maskier. Okay, if you own it, you're going to be chayev because then you should pick it up. That's one scenario. And another scenario is pshia and then maskier and you're going to be chayev because, because of your original negligence. You need one moment of negligence. Okay, but if you if fell and you were an anus, because we to say tripping is an anus, and then you were mafkirit, so you don't have any responsibility to pick it up, those are the cases within Rebbe Yehuda that you're going to be part of. A very nice read of, 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 the, of the two cases. Yes? Some of these issues involved with, were involved when the uh, Congress passed the Superfund law. Companies would mafkir their, uh, their really? waste <laughs> And they changed the law to go after those companies. Even after they were mouthed to their yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah, Jenna. So, Rumer was saying a couple of he doesn't give that window, that leeway window of being able to, like, pick it up, up and 
Yeah, because you were approaching it from the original creating of the bore. So even if you had, didn't have a chance to pick it up, you were at fault that the very stuff is on the floor to begin with. Right. But we're, but we're still saying it's, it's not intentional. Right. No, you don't need to be intentional. You just need to be negligent. Right? That's what this whole thing I is about. just imagine a situation where someone would say, even though you're at fault. Right. That if creating a bore has to be intentional, creating a bore. Yeah, but, but we're not saying that. We're, I mean, if I dug the bore and I didn't have a chance to fill it up and somebody fell into it, I obviously I'd be chayev, right? right? So we're saying the same thing. If I created it through negligence, so I'm chayev. Basically eliminating the difference between and, and Kavana. And, yeah. yeah. In, the biggest thing, the, the, in, in, you know, other than, let's say, Chaya for, uh, you know, Boshet or whatever it is, you know, the, the, it's all really here about negligence, not about intention. Right? right? That's the dominant that's thing. That's right. The, right. Well, I have the three categories. Yeah, but that's, that is the dominant principle. You're right. The Torah talks about, for example, making a fire intentionally, making a bore intentionally. But for us, it basically becomes an issue of negligence. Okay, so let's keep on going. So the Gemara says like this. Um, Itmar, it was said, okay? Mavkin Izakov, Rabbi Yochanan Rebbe Lezer, Chadam Rechayev, Chadam Repater. All right, so now, Lema, so <laughs> seems like what we were just talking about. Man de Mechayev to Rebbe Meir, Uman de Pater to Rabbanan. Right, that this is the debate of Rebbe Meir and the Rabbanan, whether Mavkin Izakov Yechayev or not, okay? Um, f- um, so the Gemara says no. I'll leave it to Rebbe Meir, Kuleyamalo Pligi. According to Rebbe Meir, that if you're a Nitkal Poshea, Everybody would agree that you remain chayev because you had that original pshia, even if you're mafkir afterwards. Keep leyilib derabanan that when you're when you're nitko, you're an anus. Okay, leyilib derabanan man derpatikrabanan. So you were originally not a poshia, and now you don't own it, so you remain inequi- so you remain exempt. Man demchayev amalacha, and the one that would say you're chayev when you're mafkir, you're nizakav, would say to you. In general, I could go like the rabbis that normally say that you're exempt when you're nitko and then you're mafkir. When did this just clarifies things we said before? When did the rabbis say you were you were uh, you were putter, meaning the rabbis Reb Yehuda when you're mafkir nizakov? That's by nitko because nitko is considered not to be negligent. So you weren't negligent here. You weren't negligent here. Of the Alma, but let's say you were there was real negligence, you know, and and your thing is in the Rishus Rabim, and you were totally negligent about it, and then you uh, then you announced ownership. Mechayes, that I would say you're chayes because that's basically the question of do you need to own a bore or not. So what we're now saying is, however you discuss the debate of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yochanan are debating a case where you were real negligent, your stuff, you left your hazard in Rosh Hashanah you left your knife sticking out in the middle of Rosh Hashanah and then you were mafkirit. Okay? So that is the basic question, not about whether there was negligence initially, that was the basic question of, are you chayv, only chayv if you own the boar or not? Alright? So even the rabbis that normally would say that you're putter, here you're because you created it with real negligence. All right. So the Gemara says like this. Kistayim, let's conclude. Rebelezer would say you're chayef, which means, again, remember the real question here is, do you have to own the boar? You created it with negligence and now you are mafkir. Do you have to own the boar? 
Let's say the Rebbe Lezer is the one who says Yechayim. There are two things you don't really own. But the Torah treated it as if you did own it to make you responsible for it. The Eluhain, these are they. A boy in the public domain and Chametz from the midday of Pesach onwards. You don't really own it because it's, it's, uh, it's Asr Behana. If it's Asr Behana, you can't really have ownership over it. But it's enough yours that you're liable for having Chametz in your possession. Okay, and a boy in Rashid Rabin, you dug it, but you don't own it because it's dug in the public domain, but it's still considered your boar. You own it for this purpose to be liable. So what's point is, is, is again, now what we're really just debating is, do you have to own the boar? So since Rebbe Lezer says you're chayev for a boar in Rishud Arabim, it's like you own it, but you don't have to really own it, okay, you are liable for having created the hazard, even if you don't own it. And Rebbe Yochanan would say, no, you're only chayev if you actually own the boar. Okay? So the Gemara says like this, um, well, now does Rebbe Lezer really say that you don't have to own the boar? V'hamu Rebbe Lezer, ipcha, we see that he says the opposite. Nan, we teach in the Mishnah. You're turning over dung in Rishut Rabim, and because you know animals poop in Rishut Rabim, and you want to use the dung for your fertilizer, so you're hoping to take possession of it. And as you are turning it over and moving it, some other person slipped on it and got damaged. So it basically becomes your bore now. Does your turning over of the dung make it your bore? Okay, Chayav Benisko, your Chayav. The Amar that's only if you try to take possession of the dung then it's your boar but if you moved it without taking possession potter you're exempt now why is that? if I moved it from place A to place B I created a boar in place B even if I didn't take possession of the dung I created a boar so if Rebelezer says I have to take possession of it, it sounds like for Rebelezer I'm only chayev on a boar that I own. Okay? Alma, you see, Mafkir Nizakov Potter. If you don't own it, even if you were negligent, you're exempt. So doesn't that show you that Rebelezer says you have to own the boar? So Amar Ava, no. Here's the story. Here's why you have to own it in that case. Because you picked up the dung and you moved it and then you said, nah, you know what, I don't, I'm not going to bring it home. And you put it back where you got it from. So you didn't dig a boar. So if you didn't dig the boar because it's back where it started from, you're only chayv if you took possession. So in general, he says, you don't have to own it if you dug it. But in this case, you didn't dig it. You picked it up and you put it back. So in this case, you're only chayv if you own it. So, what would that be like when you removed it and put it back that we're saying that you're not liable if you don't own it? Let's say you were walked in Rishat Sarabim and you found an uncovered pit. And you decided to do a public service and you covered it. And then you said, nah, to heck with it. And you removed it. <laughs> so in that case, are you chayev for digging a boar? Or do we say you know what, you just reversed your action, you didn't really do anything net, you didn't do anything, and it's not your board, it's the original owner's board. So here too, I moved the dung, I put it back, I didn't take possession, it's not mine, I didn't do anything, and that's why you're putter, because you didn't dig the board. So... No, 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 no. You can't compare the cases. When you covered the boar, when you put the manhole cover on the pit, you didn't really erase the boar. There was still a boar there that was covered. So the first person's boar, it was still his boar. 
and then you took off your cover, it remained the first person's boar. But hacha, in this case, when you remove the dung, the first person's boar doesn't exist anymore. You moved it out of the place. It's not like you put a cover on top of it. You completely eradicated his thing. So even when you move it back to the original place, you've now created a new boar. Okay? Hello, dummy, if you want to make an analogy, here's the analogy. You walk into Shetrab and you find a pit the Timama, you're going to do a public service and you fill it up with dirt. And after filling it up with dirt, you say, to heck with it. And you dig it again. Now, in that case, you've made a bore. Okay? You erase the first person's act. You made a bore. So here, too, you move the dung. You erase the first person's act. Even if you put it back, it's your bore. So I don't understand. According to Rebbe Lezer, why is it, if you don't need to own the bore, if digging a bore is enough, why is this not enough, moving the dung and putting it back? So the Gemara says, the Kaimalebu Shuto, and then it becomes yours. Elamar Vashi, here's the scenario where you don't, haven't made a new boar. You basically, you never really fully removed it from its place. You lifted it up less than three tfachim. So we say things that are less than three tfachim are still like they're connected to the ground. So you didn't fully dig up, the, fill up the bore yet. You know what I mean? You just moved it a little bit off the ground and then you put it back. So in that case, you really didn't do anything. And if you didn't have intention to take possession, you don't own it and you didn't dig it. Alright? And that's why. But technically for Rebelezer, you don't have to own it. This was a case though where you had to own it because you didn't really dig it because you lifted it up a little bit and put it back. So now the Gemara says... The Mishnah just said that you're chayav if you move the dung. So what made Rebbe Lezer say, oh, it's a case of less than three and you're only chayav if you take possession. Why did he create that funny scenario? Just say, you, you don't have to take possession as long as you move it a significant, as long as you seriously remove it from its place. Okay, why did he assume it was less than three and you didn't do anything and only if you take possession? Look, let's say the mission is talking. You lifted up the dung more than three. And then even if you don't intend to take possession. Right? Why did he say you have to take possession? Why did he assume, according to this way that you're explaining to him, why did he assume you didn't really move the dung and it's only if you take possession? So, Amarava, the language of the Mishnah bothered him. It says if you're turning over the dung, turning over suggests that you haven't really moved it significantly. If you really had removed it from its place, it would have said if you lifted up the dung. So by saying turning over, for him that meant it was still basically in its original place. Turning over, okay, is under three. So therefore, what have we said? We'll pick up with this tomorrow. Unfortunately, we have a little bit left to go, but we're already a little over. So we'll wrap up with this tomorrow. But the basic thing that we have said is, okay, Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Yochanan are debating being mafkin is after negligence. Okay? So, and therefore the question really is, is the board that you're chayavan only a board that you own?
So we assume that since Rabbi Eliezer says that there are things you don't own that you're chayef for, and one of them is a boar, a boar b'shut rabim. so it seems very clear that Rabbi Eliezer says you do not have to own the boar. Why does he say you have to own the dung? That was in a case where he understood the mission to be, you didn't really move the dung so much, so you didn't really dig the boar, and therefore you have to own it. But if you really did move the dung significantly, and you did dig the boar, you don't have to own it. So Rabbi Eliezer says you have to own it, excuse me, you don't have to own it, it's enough to dig it, and presumably Rabbi Yochanan says you have to own it, but we're going to see tomorrow whether we're going to stay by that way of framing their debate. Okay, so to be continued tomorrow. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, yeah. I so thought we were going to catch up. We almost did, but we didn't finish the thought. Okay. (laughs) We're good. We're getting started.